0: This is The Rock Show with Andy Fox. Thank you, Axel. Welcome back to The Rock Show here on GTFM with me, Andy Fox. That was, of course, Guns N' Roses, Classic Tracking, and You Could Be Mine. Now, guitarist Slash joined up with Axel Rose, Izzy straddling and Duff McKagan in Guns N' Roses in 1985, releasing their debut album in 1987, Appetite for Destruction, which went on to sell over 28 million and became the best-selling debut album of all time in the US of A. After a further five albums though Slash quit to form his own band Slash's Snake Pit then of course Velvet Revolver again with Duff McKagan and then his own solo band Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and The Conspirators who are Todd Kearns, Brent Fitz and Frank Sidoris. After albums in 2012 and 2014 and 2018 and a touring reunion with Guns N' Roses Slash has now released four, his third UK top 10 album. Slash is considered one of the greatest guitarists of all time and was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2012. In tonight's interview, Slash and later on Miles Kennedy talk about the new album, producer Dave Cobb, recording in a pandemic and calling the album Simply Four.
1: Well, it's the fourth record with Miles and the Conspirators. So we decided on this particular record especially after everything that's gone on over the last year and a half or whatever, um, there was no title for it that really encompasses all that that's been going on. So rather than try and make a statement, just call it four. It's our fourth record. We've done four albums. In case anybody didn't notice, here it is. <laughs> I mean, we've been we've been doing this for 11 years, you know, basically 10 years, I guess you call it. 2011, we really started um, and we've been together all this time and, you know, making some, I think, pretty good music and having a good time. And, you know, I mean, that's basically about it. And I think the record itself is probably the best one that we've done so far. So, you know, we're having uh, showing no signs of slowing down, you know.
0: It's your first record with the acclaimed producer Dave Cobb. How did that come about?
1: Um, well, I talked to Dave on the phone. I was, I was uh, introduced to him Uh, through uh, one of the guys I work with at at Roadrunner, which is the label that we were on at the time. And he said, uh, Dave Cobb's great, you know, so I talked to Dave on the phone and he just he said all the right things and we both were on the same page as to what kind of production we wanted it to be and how we wanted to do it and what we wanted to use and so on and so forth. And so I was sold on the telephone call and then when we showed up there Um, It was exactly what we wanted to do. We just performed the whole thing live. We had the amps in the room with the drums, which no producer has ever allowed me to do. And and it was just a balls-to-the-wall, just straight-up live session. There's a lack of pressure. I mean, you know, you go in and you just start jamming, and it's that sort of spontaneous, flying by the seat of your pants kind of approach, which is a lot like playing live. So, in a sense, there's less pressure than when you're really sort of um, scrutinizing everything do, in the studio process, where it's like, okay, bass and drums, and then we're gonna go back and we're gonna put the guitars together. And I'm not really, as, as much as I like being in the studio, I have to admit that I wanna get out of there as soon as I can. You know, so I, I like the live approach. The way that Miles sang on this record is just wouldn't have happened in the old sort of process that we normally do. Um, the guitar playing on it is all really, really spontaneous. Nothing's really worked out on it, you know? Um, that's, that's something that doesn't really happen when you have the luxury of going back and overdubbing all the guitars. You, you do stuff over and over again a couple times. This is like three takes entirely, and we're done, you know? So there's a lot of mistakes on there. There's all kinds of shit, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very cool. And it's just a vibe that you can't get doing it really any other way. You know, I mean, I had some demos that, that I did using fucking drum, you know, tapped out drums and shit like that. Um, but I think we just had a general idea of how we wanted to go about it as far as just getting the energy in the live bit and using... Um, analog gear and, and all that, and that's what we were going for. So the record just sounds like the band playing the songs that we came in with, but it's, it's us playing in the moment, and that's what we were going for. I did the demos over you know a uh, few months deep into the COVID thing. You know, I started getting into getting the demos together and sending them out, and then Todd came over and put some bass on the demos for me. I sent everything to Miles and Miles started putting vocals on and sitting back and so we just sort of tooled everything together as far as arrangements are concerned. And then we spent, um, I'd say, I don't know, three weeks in pre-production just playing everything live in my studio just to get the arrangements together and have everybody playing together and, uh, and that was it and then we went to Nashville. And then there's a whole story, I don't know if you know anything about the whole Nashville trip. Because, you know, being that this was the the whole COVID thing, you know, all of us had managed to keep ourselves free of COVID for the better part of a, I don't know, like, uh, yeah, the better part of a year. And uh, we, we actually took precautions. We got a tour bus to drive us from... You know, from well, we went went from Vegas because a couple of the guys, few of the guys, live in Vegas. So we got a tour bus together and we arranged to drive all the way to Nashville. That way, we didn't have to deal with the airports or any other kind of public exposure, right? So, uh, you know, I I, the bus came to my house in L.A. I took the bus up to Vegas and Miles took the bus or uh, drove his car down from Spokane. We all met at the doctor's office, got shots or got shots, got uh, tested, right? And everybody was was clean, and we got on the bus and drove all the way to Nashville, got to Nashville, dropped off the gear, got up the next morning, recorded the whole record in five days. And then Miles says, at the end of that whole thing, he calls me up, and I'm looking at my phone, I'm like, that's Miles. Why would he be calling me? He's in the building. And So we had to test regularly while we were there, and it turned out Miles was positive. And it was like a domino effect from there. <laughs> so we not only did that, like, so we got... It was it was, we were lucky because we got the majority of the record done because uh, it turned out Miles was positive and then subsequent testing after that Brent was uh, positive and uh, Todd was positive so those guys sequestered into their bedrooms at this Airbnb that we were living in right so that was that and there was very minimal overdubs to do so I got into the overdubs and I was like so I, I went and got a, a, a vaccine shot, and then a couple days later, I tested fucking positive. So we did the overdubs, and I, so I had to go into the fucking quarantine, and uh, the guy, other guys started getting better, so they started, finally they got out and came in and did some overdubs. Actually, we did some overdub vocals over at the house. We set up the equipment in the guest house, and Miles did his background vocals, it's hot there, so it was really sort of comical. Anyway, so they were better, they went back to the studio, finished the percussion, then I got better, I got better quick, I tested negative like five days later, and went back and we mixed the whole thing and came home. So it was, all in all, the whole thing was a very memorable adventure. <laughs> there's a lot of, we have a lot of material and you know written over from the last conspiracy a lot of the stuff was written during the last conspirators tour and then there was stuff that was written all throughout the COVID thing. So what I did on this record is I took the bulk of the material was all the older stuff that we hadn't you know we would have done before COVID happened, right like that would have been around that time we would have gone to the studio back then. So I wanted to concentrate on those songs to get them done because there was so much new material that that's a whole nother record unto itself and I didn't want to sort of like going okay this song is better than this song or any of that but all things considered Rivers Rising was something that I wrote right before we went into pre-production which always happens right when we go in to make a record there's a body of work I always write one extra one that ends up being a rocker that we just ends up being on the record and Rivers Rising is that It was uh, written at the very last minute
0: what about the track actions speak louder than words it's got a bit of a stones vibe going on
1: that one definitely came together um i remember specifically in south america we're on tour and uh, i think the first recording of it i have was in brazil in uh, Brasilia. i think that's anyway and it was just that that riff and we started uh you know i had a few parts and we started jamming on it and over the course of sound checks Started the arrangements started to come together. And then Miles had a vocal melody that he always sings under his breath into the microphone and he records it. So I didn't know what the lyrics were until um, we made the first demo this year. you know. Um, and I'm not really sure exactly what the premise of the whole song is. That's always a Miles question. But uh, I thought it was, you know, it came together pretty cool.
0: One of the standout tracks is a track called Fall Back to Earth, the last song on the record. Some great guitar playing on that one. It was uh, an instrumental thing that
1: I came up with um, when I was in Africa. The melody, the the high sort of guitar melody came to me in South Africa in 2019, I think it was, and... um, you know, it's just slowly but surely I started putting together bits and pieces. That's that that musically, that went through a lot of changes before it got to where it's at. And even when we were actually recording it over at, at, at RCA, we we actually did change even the arrangement around even more. But it's just something that's been you know building up until I finally got it together enough to send it to Miles and go, hey, check this out. There's actually two sort of epic slow songs. One will be on the next record and this one will be on this one. But uh, I thought it was pretty cool. It's hard to explain some of the different changes that were in it before Miles put vocals on it. Um, And it was a little trickier, but we we turned it more into a song song, even though it still is not, uh, um, uh, it's still a little bit sort of complex, but it's got more of a song arrangement to it now than it did. But I'm really happy with the way it turned out.
2: In the sense that it's definitely more. I want, originally, I would say blues-based, but now the solo realm is definitely embracing more of that. Uh, with Alter Bridge, there's not a lot of, you know, of a blues element. Um, so, you know, I still do what I do. From an inflection standpoint, you know, I learned to listen. I learned to sing basically by listening to. Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye uh, in conjunction with, you know, obviously, the rock guys, you know, Freddie and Robert Plant and whatnot. And, and, and so, you know, you, you kind of have what you do and it's hard to... Uh, and I don't want to totally break free from that. This is who I am. But when you take that approach and you put it in these different environments, it'll, I think it accentuates certain things. And so in this particular realm, um, I feel like... A lot of it's from the hip. There's like a real swagger to the music. And so you have to, I think, manifest that to a point in the the way you perform as a singer. And uh, so it's fun. I like that. There are songs on the new record that um, were definitely inspired by situations that I've seen. Um, There's a song called Fall Back to Earth, which you see it time and time again where people try to... You know, the, the, they 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 gain the world and then they lose themselves. You know, that's something I've seen. Being in the entertainment industry, I had a, I had a professor when I went to music school who, who brought that up, and that was like that was an important day for me. Where I was like, I wrote that down. <laughs> you know, never be that guy. But I'm sure I've I've come close. You know, you try and be something that you're not, and and so so with that said, though I'm kind of telling a story in that song. So yeah, with. Uh, fall back to earth though it's it's a story they this is subject matter that I understand and I would prefer when I write to have something that I can if I'm conveying it I know what I'm talking about you know because otherwise I feel like people know they're like "He he doesn't he doesn't have a clue what he's singing about here and then I can't I can't be genuine and that's a big part of the way that I like to sing is to have it come from here there's a song called fill my world again which is though it's not like a big rock song um, it has a lot of meaning to me and um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if that will translate live because you never know and I hope hopefully it will but yeah it was a song that was once again Slash sent the demo of the music and I immediately connected with it I was like oh this is really great this is just like classic Slash just a really beautiful guitar melody and very memorable and and so once again it was a lyric or a, I'm sorry a melody that came pretty quickly and it was inspired by um, my dog Mozart he's a Shih Tzu he's a little he's a little brat but he's 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 essentially you know our kid <laughs> my wife and I. I don't know where we were but we couldn't get home one night and um so we have those little camera things and we were supposed to get home or she maybe she was supposed to get home and something happened and so he was stuck in the house by himself and there was a massive storm we get these crazy storms where i live in spokane now where like trees fall down and the wind's just gotten nuts and he he hates it he freaks out so we kept watching him throughout the night and he was just panicking. He was just freaking out he and was, he was freaking terrified. And so the, the song is basically written from his perspective, of like when are you coming home to save me? And uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest, when I, was, when I was tracking it, you can kind of hear my voice break a little bit at one point and that's like an honest, like I, I'm a softie, I'll, I, I'll admit that. Um, I'm the guy, if I'm at a chick flick, I will cry during the movie. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, he's, he, um, he, he, uh, he inspired that track lyrically, and, and so I'm curious how people connect with it.
0: So there you go who knew that fill my world from the new slash album was about miles kennedy's dog called mozart you know now tonight we heard from both slash and miles kennedy about the new album and we played from it river is rising fall back to earth and that one fill my world all from the new album